Blog Talk Radio. Intersections Matches Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. We and our guests discuss relationships and health and wellness, each of which contributes to meaningful and fulfilling lives. This is Justina, your host. I'm a former practicing lawyer and the founder of Intersections Match, the only national matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on singles of South Asian descent in the country. I'm very excited to welcome Rebecca Grotto, co-author of Taming Your Alpha Bitch, How to Be Fierce and Feminine and Get Everything You Want to our show today. In addition to being a writer whose work has been featured with best-selling authors Dr. Wayne Dyer and Anthony Robbins, Rebecca is a licensed psychotherapist who holds a master's degree in counseling and a bachelor's degree in clinical psychology. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you as a professional dating coach and matchmaker to successful men and women. I'm fascinated by insights, supporting people's efforts to evolve into the best versions of their authentic selves. And I've enjoyed reading your book and would love to explore some of the insights shared by you. So to start out with, um, what led you to write this book? Well, you know, I've been a psychotherapist for over 25 years, and and I work primarily with women. And the one thing I hear over and over it's like a central theme from women is that you know i'm overwhelmed i'm working so hard in my life i'm doing well i work with a lot of very successful women many of them from the silicon valley and these are ceos of companies and just bright brilliant women but again they're coming to me and they're saying you know i'm i'm achieving the things i want in life for sure i'm successful i have the family i have the husband i have the the great career, why am I unfulfilled? <laughs> why do I feel overwhelmed and overwrought in life? And so, you know, really digging deep into that question of, you know, as women so far, we've really, again, achieved so much in the span of just a few generations. So why are we feeling less connected to ourselves, uh, connected to our contentment and our inner fulfillment? And that led me to, you know, really kind of, ferret out some some great insights and and that became the book taming your alpha bitch interesting well you know as a starting point will you explain to our listeners the concept of the manifestation formula with respect to the interrelationship among beliefs thoughts feelings, energy and outcomes i think that's a great place to start to understand um you know, the insights you share. So tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, most of us are, are aware of the law of attraction. It's out there now. It, and, and really what, what, what we have come to know is that 
our personal vibration. You know, we all have a vibration. Everything in the universe, this is a vibrationally based universe. Everything has a specific vibration. And that vibration is almost our communication to the universe and however you, you know, want to define that. And so what we put out comes back to us. And it's not personal. <laughs> it's just sort of like, you know, what, what, wherever your vibration is, that's what you're sending out, and that's what's going to come back to you in the form of people, situations, circumstances. So once we, under, once we really get that concept that we're co-creating in every moment of our lives through our inner personal vibration, then we look at what creates our vibration. And our thoughts for sure, the things we think, has a direct impact on our emotions. So if we're thinking, wow, this is going to be a fabulous day, I'm so excited, we're going to feel open, you know, anticipatory, we're going to feel excited and enthused yeah. about the opportunities to come. And uh-huh. But if our thoughts are, you know, I'm, I'm ill-prepared, I'm inadequate, I really just, ugh, I'm hopeless, you know, and these and these are all very subtle subconscious thoughts. If these thoughts are constantly looping, they create a certain emotion within us, hopelessness, helplessness. Well, our thoughts together with our emotions create that personal vibration. And and the great news is that we can change that vibration simply by changing simply by being more aware of the thoughts that we're thinking, releasing those that no longer serve us, and staying very focused on the thoughts that take us to better feelings. Then we increase our vibration. We feel, again, expansive, optimistic, excited, and those vibrations then start attracting the better opportunities into our life. So therein lies the expression, the better it gets, the better it gets. And opposite the expression of when it rains it pours because as we start to spiral or circle the drain our energy is dropping and we're then attracting from that place but again the key to all of this is understanding that we're not victims we can shift that in every in any moment and it's simply by doing that practice of realizing that our thoughts are leading to our emotions our thoughts together with our emotions are creating our personal vibration and thereby attracting all things into our lives. So we are, through the of the manifestation formula, we realize who we are in creating the lives we desire. Wonderful. I love the, um, you know, co-creation and the whole empowering um, underlying, you know, thought behind that one. Um, now, your book discusses four common, would you term, alpha bitch behaviors, and how each of these behaviors is actually triggered by, um, again, going back to beliefs, by the core beliefs of lack and insufficiency, which in turn send us spiraling into panic and fear. Now, I'm wondering if you will explain to our listeners the first of the four common alpha behaviors, which, um, which you term the forceful alpha, and um, in the context of relationships. Yes, it's so so great. Well, the first of the four behaviors that absolutely sabotage are all the things that we want to create is being very forceful or overbearing. And that's, again, that's that part of us that has lost track of the realization that, you know, we can just 
it's it's our own inner power when we tap into that that creates all things. So when we forget that, we then think that we have to go out into the world. I always say it's sort of like we go through the world kicking down doors. You know, we, it's the only way that we can get through is by with through brute force. But that's so not the truth. I mean, we actually have the keys that can unlock the doors and we can gracefully walk right through. So the the woman who's very forceful, we all know her. She's domineering, dominating. She's snapping her fingers, telling people what to do. And you can just begin to imagine the impact that has in relationships. No man, <laughs> no person wants to be to- treated like a child or to be overpowered or dominated. Men happen to like the masculinity. They don't want to feel emasculated by women, and yet so many of us, you know, sort of feel like we have to have this take charge attitude both at work and at home. And when we do that, we're literally sabotaging our relationships. I mean, you know, it's almost like men may do what we want, but they're going to build an inner resentment. They're going to feel bitter towards us, and they're going to pull away from us. And, And the more they pull away, the more we feel like we have to pursue them and and dominate them, and then we have this vicious cycle going. So it's almost like, and I don't, you know, this isn't about um, being weak or submissive. This certainly isn't the message of the book. It's all about empowerment. But women really need to know that when you come at people, you're not going to get the things you want. It's when you can come to somebody with respect and with kindness They will respond every time. Again, I've been a therapist for over 25 years working with couples, and I see women who, you know, fail to listen, and they're speaking at their partners, and you just see the partner tuning them out more and more and more. And when they can be coached into how to slow down, breathe, listen, be responsive, um, you know, their partners, it's almost like a turtle starting to come out of their shell. So what I see with so many women is they want the attention, they want the affection of their partners, but they're beating on that turtle shell, come out, come out, come out. And it's like that's the last thing you're going to get from Uh, him when you're doing that. Well, those are some, those are some, um, wow, there's some wonderful analogies there. And I think, you know, and I think you've already spoken to this actually, but I really found um, your, the words you used pretty compelling in the book. And so you make an insightful distinction when discussing the forceful alpha um, between wielding force on the one hand, and I think that's the tapping on the shell of the turtle, and then the embodying power. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, again, and I think you actually have already spoken to this, but um, tell us about that distinction between wielding force and embodying power. Like you said, it's not a matter of being submissive, but really being empowered. So, you know, can you speak a bit more to that? Absolutely. You know, when we don't see clearly that uh, it's almost like we've fallen into this misbelief that unless we're, you know, sort of wielding that power sword in hand, slaying, you know, um, again, dominating the people around us, that if we're not that, then we're weak and submissive. So it's almost like this, you know, we don't want to revert back to the 50s apron-clad woman, and so, gosh, we're not going to be told what to do. But there's a great difference between, um, you know, uh, being submissive and wielding power. There's a third option here available to us, and that's embodying our true power. And true power is very quiet. 
It's centered. It's it's not that loud, overbearing, brash person who's talking over everybody else. And you really think of true power. Think of the great leaders, um, you know, um, oh, a Gandhi or a Martin Luther King or any of the masters mm-hmm. on the planet. They're quiet, but boy, do they um, garner respect. All eyes are on them. So what we're trying to move back towards is a, an embodied power within us that's within all women remember to tap into that we don't need to lead with forcefulness we can actually lead with true power and that's going to bring all the things that we especially in relationships it will bring the respect it will bring the adoration, the admiration. It will bring all of the things that we want forward in the people around us, and not just in our intimate relationships, but with our with our coworkers, with the people around us. You know, I personally see this on a day-to-day basis. When I'm sort of being forceful and demanding, people back away from me, and I don't get the things I want. And yet when I'm speaking with kindness, with gentleness, with with true reverence to others, it's like they move forward. They, how can I help you get to your goals? How can I, you know, give you the things you want in life? So it's like it's we don't have to work so hard as women. This is the the true message of the book. We don't have to work so hard. We just smarter and realize that when we tap into that true power that's within each of us. You know, life is our oyster. It's right there waiting for us. Wonderful. Your your book, um, and, you know, know, your book is great. It provides lots of great tips and exercises for the readers. And I'm wondering if you'd share just one of those many tips with listeners who find themselves, you know, who find some of what you've said resonating in terms of they think of, they can think of circumstances, um, you know, where many of us can, you know, where we fell into this forceful alpha behavior. And so what is one tip you can share with listeners who find themselves behaving like the forceful alpha to, you know, bring them back into their true power? Um, any, any one tip you can share? Yeah, I think that, you know, to just remember that if we come to our partners with sensitivity and tact rather than coming at them, with attacks and demands, we might be surprised at how easily we then evoke the love and the respect that we desire. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, forceful alpha was the first one, and the second of the four common alpha behaviors you'd mentioned is the controlling alpha. And once again, um, in the context of relationships, will you explain to our readers what that might be? Sure. I mean, you know, I think this is sort of the one area I think most women can recognize themselves in. How many of us have been micromanaging, where we just sort of have this attitude that if we're not overseeing all things and all people, it just won't get done? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, again, this really, it, it's like it's sort of a disease a lot of women these days have, and therefore they feel drained and overwhelmed and exhausted at the end of the day because they're running all things at all times. And so with their partner, again, I think we fall into the trap of being mommies to the guys in our life, the, the people in our life, rather than being partners to them. And it's it's almost like we, we're afraid to let go of um, control. 
like, uh, you know, we sort of, you know, say, um, can you uh, finish the laundry? And then, was, well, how did you sort? And which detergent did you use? Right. So, you know, and then I think what I see with, with the guys in our life, then they just start backing off, you know. Um, if if they don't feel empowered in themselves to to t- to handle things on their own, they start relinquishing responsibility, and then it just sort of um, confirms for us that we need to take over more because after all, they're you know they're not doing their jobs the way we want them to do the job. So wow. I, I, this is a, a space that I think women need to really practice trust trust in themselves, trust in their children, trust in the people around them, and um, allow others to do things maybe differently than the way we do them, but trusting that it will get done. I know in my relationships, one of the greatest surprises I see is that others do things differently, but when I really sit back and allow it, sometimes I'm surprised if their way might even be better and I can learn something. And that's always just it's really a delight for me to go, you know, when I just sat back and didn't control the situation, I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised to see that I can learn something from other people. Absolutely. And I guess even when that's not the case, nobody dies and, you know, everything is okay. <laughs> Even if it's different, um, and it's even if it's not quite, um, I think that's that's very helpful. Um, in terms of the third, uh, you had a third common alpha behavior. Again, the book goes in, at, um, discusses at length four different ones. The third one um, you mentioned is a competitive alpha. And again, in the context of relationships, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, well, you know, this is sort of, again, another little syndrome a lot of women have been raised with. It's sort of the fairest one of all, thinking that, you know, we you know, we sort of, it's like, unless we're the best, we're not okay, and then we feel this sense of inadequacy within ourselves. And, and in relation, it seems sort of like, I don't know that I compete with my partner, but we see a lot of women who, you know, if their partners are getting attention, let's say they're out to dinner with a group of friends and, and people start to go, you know, um, spread some admiration to their partner, they may need to step in and, um, you know, say, oh, but, you know, what about me? I got this. Or, you know, if their partner is um, telling a story, they have to cut them off and finish the story for them. So, you know, we see it even in um, maybe even in, in child rearing. If if the child says, you know, they like daddy, uh, then, you know, we may feel a hint of competition there. And any place that we're competing with our partner, we're not we're not having that team mentality. So we're being very divisive, and it separates us. It ends up leaving us feeling alone in our relationships. And if we're competing with our partner, again, they're they're going to back away from us. They're going to pull away. They don't feel um, supported. They may not feel uh, respected. So these are all things divisive and destructive ways of um, being in relationships. And a lot of times these go unnoticed. We don't even realize that we're doing them. Sometimes, you know, we get praised for being competitive at work and we don't realize that we're bringing that spirit home to our families and to our partners. And it is just so destructive. Well, now what, um, in terms of, you know, given how destructive it is, 
um, again, your book shares numerous tips with readers and exercises. Um, you know, if they find this resonating with them in terms of sometimes just playing this behavior. What's one tip you can share with listeners who find themselves you know, behaving like a competitive alpha in their, say, you know, in their romantic relationships? There's a few. I mean, I think one of the other things that women tend to do is they compare their partners to, to others. So I, I think it's important that we stop ourselves from doing that, whether it's just with a group of friends or, you know, with our partners, and make sure that we are loving and accepting them for who they are rather than critiquing them for who they're not. So I think that's the most important thing is to really value the person that we're with um, for their uniqueness and for who they are. And and when we find that little comparing mind going off in our heads, to just stop it, not let that happen. But, you know, we can also um, share the love. So if we hear others praising our partner, um, you know, we can make sure that we jump right in on that and, and really sort of, you know, ex- really kind of add to all of their virtues. So praise, appreciation is probably one of the greatest things that we can bring to our relationships. It's the biggest ingredient, I think, that heals a relationship. So any time that we can bring deep appreciation to our relationship, we sort of cut right through the competitive edge. So those are two just, um, you know, simple things that we can add. That's great. I mean, simple, but really um, impactful, it sounds like. So that's um, wonderful. Now, for you, now there's the fourth common alpha behavior, which is um, actually the disruptive alpha. And again, you know, in the context of romantic relationships, how, how do you see this the disruptive alpha playing out? Sure. Well, when you think of the disruptive alpha, think of the drama queen. And let's face it, we all have a little bit of a drama queen in us. <laughs> and and in relationships, I, I just think that so many of us make it all about ourselves. And we're always, you know, we come to our partners and, you know, I find myself doing this. I'm I'm like, you know, gosh, I can't believe this went on. And I'm talking all about the dramas in my life. And I almost see, you know, my partner's eyes glaze over. <laughs> it's like, I don't want, I mean, I don't think guys really appreciate too much drama in their lives. They they tend to, you know, I think they're really good at eliminating drama. And see, so many women in my counseling practice, all they're invested in is who's doing what to them, when and where and how this happened. and And they're so caught up in it that they're not investing their time and energy in their partner, in the relationship. It's it's almost like, you know, an hour goes by, and then as an afterthought, it's like, oh, and by the way, how are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> You've lost him by then, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just like, I, I, I just I just want to watch the game at this point. So it's like when we're when we do carve out time to be with our partners, I think it's really important for us to, you know, save the drama, you know, for another time, for, you know, maybe enjoying it with our girlfriend, whatever it's like, but really spending quality time with our partner and really monitoring what happens when we are creating drama, we're talking about drama, they don't appreciate it and they really don't enjoy it. And so I think um again, it pushes them away rather than pulling them towards us. They They're bored by sort of all of the insignificant, you know, drama that we bring into our life. 
And I know, you know, it's something I've been working on in my life, eliminating drama, and I'm really bored with it, too. i got to be honest with you. So when I have oh. girlfriends who are bringing it to me, it's almost like I'm done, I'm out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Well, now, at the beginning of this interview, um, and I mentioned this, and even your you know, your book discusses a greater length, how each of these four you know, alpha bitch behaviors, which are which are different in how they are manifested, but actually they're still triggered by the core beliefs of you know lack and insufficiency. And so I, um, I would love it if you would share with our listeners. Your book mentions three steps for releasing lack and limitation. Um, so would you share those with our listeners? How to go about you know eradicating um, these beliefs of lack and limitation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, however our inner alpha bitch <laughs> uh, reveals herself, I mean, it, the yeah. core beliefs are always, whether we're being forceful, controlling, competitive, or attention-seeking, it's it's really vital to understand that they're always triggered by the core beliefs of lack and limitation. It's fear. I mean, if we're, fear leads us to feel, um, you know, these 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 feelings of uh, scarcity, and um and then we act out in you know in the ways that we do um but the first thing that we need to do to release these fears is we really need to identify the beliefs that are holding us back so why am i you know if we find ourselves being uh, a drama queen it's like what was the belief that led me here so we can choose a problematic area of our life and um really just bring insight into that limiting belief don't judge it or analyze it just really start to see it for for what it is and once we um, recognize the the negative beliefs that we've been carrying we can begin to ask ourselves whether that belief is the truth um, or if it's just something that we've picked up along the way from our family from our culture just from our experience in in life it's like where did this belief come from and you know, and is this a truth? And then as we begin to see, oftentimes, I think nine times out of ten, it's like this is not even a truth. It's a truth I've been upholding, but it's not a truth in my life and it no longer serves me. Then what we can do is we can just anchor in a new belief. It's as simple as that. Mastering the mind is simply about recognizing the beliefs that are, again, leading to the feelings in our life that is then creating our personal vibration which is creating all things into our life. But as we begin to master our minds, we can release the thoughts that no longer serve us and begin to bring in the thoughts that are more empowering. These literally create new neuropathways in our brain. And and what we need to do is we just need to anchor them in and, and think this new thought over and over and over again. I always say we don't have to believe it. <laughs> Oftentimes we're thinking a new thought going, yeah, right. But if we think it over and over again, it starts to take um, shape. It's like creating a new, um, you know, uh, like a little rut in the ground. If we drive over and over and over again, it creates a new pathway. So we can repeat the, the more desirable thought over and over again, and and over time it becomes our new reality. And I'll tell you, this is I've really seen evidence of this in my life, where just had the thought of gratitude, and again, it didn't feel real to me while I was doing it. I didn't really believe it. Over time, 
It's like the thought starts to think itself. And when you need it, your mind will naturally go there rather than the old belief. So um, that's just the three-step process. Identify the belief, question the veracity of its truth, and then simply start to think a new thought over and over again. Wonderful. Very empowering. I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us, Rebecca. They've been very interesting and helpful. Is there any last thought or take-home message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I just want women. I think my message is to have women simply begin to question their more aggressive ways and begin to consider if there are more empowering options out there. You know, what they would find is that there is a there is a way that we can be in the world that gets us everything we want. It's not about denying or, um, you know, relinquishing our desires. There's a way, a path that gets us everything that we want in life and more without the effort. It's, it's maximum benefits through minimal effort. And that way is to really align with our more feminine nature. So it's just consider and and as you begin to practice some of the some of the um you know principles that we have in taming your alpha bitch you'll be surprised at how easy and yet fulfilling life becomes without having to give up any of your dreams and desires wonderful never Rebecca, do you have a website you'd like to share with our listeners um at all or Absolutely. They can go to my website, Rebecca Grotto, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-G-R-A-D-O.com, RebeccaGrotto.com. And actually, if your listeners purchase the book on my website and, and send me a quick email at RebeccaGrotto at att. Um, I'll also send them another copy of a book that I have um, contributed a chapter with uh, Dr. Uh, Wayne Dyer and Michael Bernard Beckwith. It's called Living in Abundance. So anybody who wants a copy of Taming Your Alpha Bitch, and if they go through my website, I'll also send them another book too. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. And, you know, I'd like to thank Rebecca for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. And in case you joined us late or would like to share the show with people in your life, I'd like to remind you that uh, today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. appreciate your hanging out with us. Do email me with topics you'd like to discuss in future shows, and make sure to join us for next month's show. Goodbye, everyone.